Hi, it's Sunny. And my guest today is my friend Kimberly Krieger. Her sister was diagnosed on her birthday with breast cancer, her 30th birthday. So this is a very heavy topic and we talk about cancer diagnosis and being support, but also being supported in hard times and crises that even are beyond cancer. So in this episode, I think it will really help someone you know. Please share this with someone that this could help. Welcome to Cheery Conversations, where we all overcome our uncertainties on juicy topics one conversation at a time. Each week, we are joined by author, speaker, and pastor Sunny Hennessy and a special guest. And this week, our guest is Kimberly Krieger. Kimberly has been married to her husband, Brad, for 11 years, and she has two kiddos, ages eight and nine. She worked as a nurse for 10 years, but made a career change five years ago into medical device sales. She grew up right here in Wisconsin and on a family farm, which can't get more Wisconsin than that. Do a lot of people ask you if you like milk and cheese? Oh, of course. (laughs) And do you like milk and cheese? I mean, it doesn't agree with my gut, but I still eat it. Yeah, Um, Wisconsin. You just said milk. Milk. You said milk. (laughs) Milk. I had milk yesterday for the first time in months, and I was basically sick all night. So no offense to your livelihood. Okay, Okay, so (laughs) you're up on a farm. She's a homegrown Wisconsin girl. We love that. Uh, Today's episode, we're going to be talking with Sunny and Kimberly about how to support your family in crisis because crisis can be a lot of different things Mm -hmm. for a lot of different people. It could be the loss of a loved one. It could be an illness. It could be a divorce in the family. And maybe maybe our listeners and viewers are walking through crisis right now. So we're going to talk about that topic with these ladies. So Kimberly, you are very close to your family. Maybe that had to do with growing up on a farm and that culture, but... Um, talk to us about uh, your family dynamic and the the road you're walking with your family right now. Yeah. Um, so yes, my family is super close. I am the oldest of four siblings, so um, I have always played the big sister role. So and we're all about two years apart, so we're pretty close. Um, honestly, we got closer though as we got older, and because I feel like you you're when in school you're in different, two years apart is kind of a it's, it's kind of a big deal mm-hmm. because some of us were in middle school and some were in high school. So as we got older and started having kids, we actually bought houses like five minutes from each other. Aww, so, so we cool. all are super close. Yeah. Um, but yeah, currently, uh, so my sister was just diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 30. So uh, she actually found the lump on her 30th birthday. So, um, and within two weeks, she was already starting chemo and going through treatments. So it's been, um, she just got engaged this weekend. So, but she's, she's single, no kids right now. So. Our family, obviously, being so close, we've stepped in to help her, but uh, her fiance is amazing too, and he's been super helpful. Mm. So, yeah, what was that first uh, reaction? I mean, that's so not something you plan for mm. or expect, um, especially at 30. Yeah. yeah, and you know, you hear other families going through whatever. So, w- when you guys found out as a family that that was happening to someone so close to you that you love so much, like, what was that initial reaction or response? The initial reaction, honestly, when she found the lump, um, we're both nurses. So the initial was like, it's probably just a cyst. Mm. It's probably just an abscess, <laughs> yeah. like it's nothing. Um, and we prepped for the worst, but we were we were praying for the best, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, within a week, we found out that it was cancer. And I don't it was, uh, def- I guess, feeling a little defeated, um, mm-hmm. just because we're like, man, like we prayed, like we 
we're doing the right things. Like, how does she get this at 30? She's a good person. Like, how does this happen? Um, but then it's Rachel spent a lot of time in prayer too. And that was, um, it was, sometimes I feel like you go through tough situations and when you pray, you can, you start hearing. <laughs> so, and she definitely was like listening a little bit closer to God. Mm. So she was getting clarity and felt a little bit better about it. Our family, um, we all just stepped in and we're like, well, we're gonna do what we're gonna do. Mm -hmm. And like, we're gonna beat this, so. Mm -hmm. And you could see that, that you guys were, I mean, from the beginning, I'm like, I'm so glad she has not only family around her, but great family that, and her attitude has been amazing. She's super strong, uh, well, the, every appointment that she went to, she kept getting bad results from. So mm -hmm. um, she, and with COVID, she had to go to those appointments alone. Mm. Oh, wow. So she went to her like ultrasound and she, um, her mammogram and found out it wasn't a cyst. It was a mass. And uh, she called me and she's like, I have to, she's like, I have to go through more testing. It's not what we thought it was. And I remember her first um, saying, she's like, I feel like Satan is like trying to get into my head and like, mm -hmm. it's all negative. And she's like, so the first thing she said to me was not today, Satan. She literally said it out loud wow. to me, not today, Satan. Like, I'm not letting you take that little bit of positivity away from me. Mm -hmm. And so she's had such a good attitude. Um, I told her, I said, I think it's harder for me to watch you go through this than it is for her to actually go through mm -hmm. it um, because she's so strong-willed that she's like, I'm gonna beat this. This mm -hmm. is like, you know, like I got this, mm -hmm. so. And her being positive and strong is reassuring to our mm -hmm. uh, us as a family as well, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, so amazing. Do you find that you sometimes feel like you you need to be super strong mm -hmm. and maybe not let your emotions show because you yeah. need to be strong for her? Yeah, that yeah. was uh, really tough at the beginning. So for sure, um, the first week that she was going through testing, I was the only person that knew besides um, mm -hmm. her fiance. So that was really hard because we were trying to stay strong, trying to stay um, like positive. And then when she was diagnosed, I felt like I, I've always played the big sister role. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I had to be the strong big sister and like not show my emotions. And I remember my closest friends reaching out to me and they're like, it's a, it's okay if you need to talk. Yeah. Like, it's okay, like you can cry. But I'm like, mm -hmm. I, I felt like I had to cry behind closed doors. Like mm -hmm. it couldn't happen in front of her cause I needed to stay strong for her. So, mm -hmm. and like show her, show her that I was like confident that this was gonna be okay basically, mm -hmm. but that can be draining on your you as a support person. And I yeah. feel like what I've learned is you need somebody to talk to. Mm -hmm. Like you have to talk to somebody and like let your emotions out. So yeah. mm -hmm. it was beneficial to have a few friends that have gone through family members also that had mm -hmm. had cancer so that they could talk to, talk me through it um, and be like, hey, it's okay, cry. Like, you know, cry, just mm -hmm. be strong, but cry. Yeah. So let it out. So good. That's so good. You, you both have been through difficult things and grief. And I know a question that um, you had, Kimberly, was when you're supporting someone going through a crisis, I mean, you're also impacted in a different way. And so we talk a lot about our top five here mm -hmm. and your conversations, which originated with Jesus plus life. Mm -hmm. But um, do how do you manage those top five when you're carrying for someone who's going through a crisis who needs you more mm -hmm. than they, mm -hmm. they have ever needed you before. How do you still manage manage those top five, mm -hmm. your priorities to make sure you also are being taken care of? Because when you are a, a caregiver, um, which a caregiver is anyone who is doing something out of their normal routine for someone, whether it's mm -hmm. getting them groceries or driving them to mm -hmm. appointments, like you're a caregiver and that mm -hmm. does take a toll and you always feel like you have to be strong. Mm -hmm. So how do you manage those priorities? It's interesting, you know about the five mm -hmm. and probably a lot of our viewers and listeners do too. And you cared for your father mm -hmm. last year with cancer. And I remember 
remember you saying you went and cleaned his apart or his house and you were, you know, I mean, that's like you get in there and it, it is dirty. Uh, I remember when uh, we were losing our daughter and then afterwards when she died, we were coming home from the hospital and we had the nursery all set up. I mean, the shelves around the perimeter of the like the nursery with like dolls. And I mean, it was like extreme nursery. Like it was a major one. And Sean's big brother flew in first time in our marriage. Any of his family had flown in from Canada for any purpose to visit or anything. And actually I kind of forgot cause I was in a fog, but I remembered a couple years later, Sean mentioned, man, it was so good when Kevin flew in and I was like, Oh, he did, didn't he? But it was big brother flew in and they took the nursery down together and mm-hmm. they boxed it up. And I never went in. I mean, we actually did move after a couple months, but I never did have to go home and walk into that. And so I think, you know, to have that support is huge. And then also your five, it does change, right? Like right now yeah. you couldn't say, I mean, you still have to keep God number one. And I think this is the time more than ever right. and lean into him. Um, your spouse can't go by the wayside, you know, because a lot of marriages end after a child dies or a lot of um, relationships are really struggle after cancer and it's gone. And, and so the spouse and then your kids, of course, but then you have four and five to work with. And pretty soon you're not so concerned about the relationships that used to be important. And I think that's okay. Absolutely. Like, I'm sorry, but this, my sister is priority. Now, not number one, because you've got to be good Mm -hmm. and your home's got to be good to give to her. Uh, but I think more than ever, you lean into the, your top three and then you go, everything else can go to the wayside. I don't have to have a social life right now, mm-hmm. but I agree with you. If you're giving up some things that made life normal, it's important to have somebody who supports you and where you're being supportive, you get supported. I think that's great yeah. advice. And I love that you had people, did you seek out people who yeah. were cancer, had I gone did. through cancer? And, well, I had friends that had had husbands and Mm -hmm. um, family go through it. So yes, I did. I did Mm -hmm. reach out. Um, One of my other questions would be like keeping those top three in line. Sometimes they don't, they fall out. And Mm -hmm. like, I will be honest with you, like as I felt like I was praying all the time, but it wasn't the first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. Like it usually was. Mm -hmm. It wasn't reading the Bible every morning because I was getting up and almost like a little depression. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I don't even want to get up bed today. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you get back in line again? Because Mm -hmm. and my husband and my kids didn't always... And that second and third, they mm-hmm. were ending that fourth because like I was with her for a week mm-hmm. or whatever it was and she was more on like the first or second. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be, I found that it's been physically draining mm-hmm. on me when that happens. But how do you get those priorities back in line mm-hmm. again? How do you get out of that funk? <laughs> right. I think when we're in a funk, we don't need to try to work ourselves out of it because we don't have the desire to work out of it. So are there things that we can do that are passively following Jesus and learning from him. So for instance, I find if I'm listening to my Bible as I'm doing my makeup or my hair, even if, I mean, you're at a point where if you're with your sister, you're not even worried about that. You're like, throw my hair up. But you probably have five minutes away from her in your bedroom or uh, to have the Bible playing or uh, even at night as you're getting ready for bed to have the worship music, of course, but also the Bible. Because uh, I think people underestimate the subliminal importance of having the word just go into your brain. Like our brain is doing things when we're not even consciously 
uh, trying. So why wouldn't we let the good go in? So if you just have to be more passive in it, like I just, I just feel depressed and down and I literally don't want to open my Bible. Okay. We'll turn on the app and have it be background noise, have worship be background noise. And you know, in, when we're in our hardest spot, I believe that's when, uh, we have to, when, when we're in our hardest spot, that's when we have to insert more good and cut off all bad. Because when we're vulnerable, it's real easy to let the bad come in our eyes, our ears. And then in the end, we're no good for the person we're supporting. We're just shriveling up inside. Mm-hmm. And the best thing we can do for someone that we're supporting, the best thing we can do for our kids and our spouse is to somehow make ourselves get good in. Because good in, good out, bad in, bad out. I mean, uh, but I talk about tricking all the time on Cherry Conversations. I trick myself. <laughs> like if there's things like, oh, their life is good and their sister and her, is on a trip with her right. and everything's great and she doesn't have a sister who's 30 and has cancer, mm-hmm. we'll just unfollow for a while. You know, yeah. just hide yeah. there because it's okay to be like, I don't need to see everybody's perfect life. It actually hurts my heart right now. Okay. And that's not, that you can give yourself permission for that. God's not like, oh, you should be able to handle that. That's not who God is. That's so good. Um, Something I've been thinking about lately, and actually I just had a conversation with Rach about was, um, how do you pray for someone who's going through a difficult time? So for me, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm praying for healing, Mm -hmm. and she's praying for strength. And Mm -hmm. she's like, I don't think you can pray for healing. And I'm like, but God can do anything. So we, we actually had like a little conversation back and forth. And um, just like, can I pray? Like, is it is it okay to ask God for healing? Is healing something you can ask for, yeah. or do you just pray that she can handle what comes her way, or do you pray for both? I think you pray for both. I think God's willing to heal, hear all our prayers, and He says, "Any who are heavy laden, come to Me. I will give you rest." And so, yes, that's the peace and the strength. But there isn't a limit, and He doesn't say, you know, you've got three prayers today and then you're out. It's pray for all of it. And because we do live on earth, which is imperfect, and things happen to our body and to us, I mean, car accidents happen and you go, how, how could God let this happen? Well, we're on earth. And there's a lot of times I go, my gosh, I almost died in a car accident, but God like swerved that person around. And like, there's, there's close calls. And then there's like, wow, that happened. But we live on an imperfect earth. We're going to continue until we go to heaven to have imperfect things happen. And then our body is mind, body, spirit. We talk about that all the time Mm -hmm. in bright, your bright member, mind, body, and spirit. And so the spirit would be God. I just pray for healing. The body would be, I will do everything it takes because this is a physical vessel on earth. I don't get to take this with me. So there's some physical earthly things that I will and can do. Uh, And then your mind, you you have to keep sharp. You have to keep uh, the support like we've talked about. So I think if you're praying for all of those, you're praying that you'll continue to feel supported and you'll be supportive, that's mind. You pray spiritually that God can do it and heal. And then you pray body that everything that she's doing and you guys are working towards is working towards that healing. But yeah, it could just be like the doctors, it happens, the doctors go, it's gone. Right. Well, that's God. And and yet, you know, but I think our minds want to rationalize everything. We need an answer. We need an answer in the midst of our prayers and we need an answer at the end. And in reality, sometimes it's the mystery of God and we go, okay, was it the chemo or was it God? Right. And that's okay. But, but, uh, I think you're both praying for the right thing. Okay. Yeah. That helps. Um, I know you've gone through periods of grief in your life. What do you feel like was the most beneficial to you? Like what helped you the most through those periods of time? People who were just there by my side, like 
And I, and I know my love language is words and, and quality time. So I know quality time helped me. Maybe that wouldn't be for everyone. But because words are important to me, you would think that what people said I would remember. And it actually, everything people said stung in the middle of grief. So words, even though that's my love language, was what I didn't want. But someone who was just with me uh, and and was willing to not shut me down if I wanted to talk about the grief, you know, was like, would leave the conversation open as long as I wanted to talk about it. Didn't try to change the subject and make it happy, but just be there. I didn't need advice. And like, I don't have advice for you because I've, one, I've never walked this exactly, Um, but advice in the middle of grief sounds trite. And even, you know, Sean's book, The Gravity of Grief, which, did we give you that yet? Yeah, okay, well, I good. got that actually when I started Life Church. Oh, <laughs> so good, good. I Yeah, I've read it a couple times. Yeah, because it is more than a death. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a loss of, of, like right now she's 30 and this is part yeah. of her story. Mm-hmm. And it's a loss of just what she expected and what you expected. So there's grief in that. Um, and just not having people try to give me advice is the greatest thing that, that someone did for me. That's awesome. No, I feel the same way talking to Rachel about those conversations too. She's felt the same way. Um, when you have had, so if people have reached out to you when you were going through periods of grief and they've maybe gone through similar situations, mm-hmm. did it make you feel better or worse? Or was it beneficial to have somebody reach out to you and be like, oh, I've, I've lost a child too and like telling their mm-hmm. story and how has that made you feel, I guess? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that that was a problem. Okay. I think people are sensitive when they're going through grief. So if it was, oh, I, you know, and I'll ask you this question back. Like if somebody were to be like, we lost my aunt, you know, my great aunt to breast cancer, you know, last year. Mm-hmm. There's something in you would, that would go, your great aunt, she's probably older, she's lived a life. Yeah. Like it's not the same as 30. Or we lost a baby that we held in our arms and died. And if somebody's like, oh, I miscarried too, that would be devastating to hear right. because there is, but here's the flip side. I had people who would say, we lost a baby, but I know it was nothing like you. Yes. And I don't want to hear they're trying to compare and make me feel better either. Just saying it and then not adding. Just, yes. you know, I, I, I think when people are trying to relate to you, sometimes it stings and you just have to know they have their the best intentions. And sometimes you end up helping them because you're like, oh no, any baby at any age or any pregnancy, it's all so, I mean, miscarriage is devastating. It's not just not that bad Mm -hmm. because some people lose a baby or a Mm -hmm. child or someone who's like, well, at least we got our son for 10 years. I can't imagine not getting to raise Savannah. And I'm like, it's in my mind, 10 years and then you lose a son or a daughter, I'd be like, that to me, that would be worse. And so this whole comparison thing, uh, it's just it's just best to say, um, we've walked through breast cancer, or when you're on the other side of this, mm-hmm. we've walked through this with a family member, just know, I know all the emotions and you can use me to lean on at all mm-hmm. times. And then on the receiving end, realizing people have such great intentions, but it will sting all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, Rachel's gone through that a little bit. It's been, I think people are just trying to relate to her and mm-hmm. maybe even try to make her feel better. Like my mom had the exact same cancer. And like Rachel's told from day one, like no cancer is exactly the mm-hmm. same, you know, like cause everyone's body's different. Mm-hmm. So um, I think they're just trying to reach out to make her feel better. But sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, 
Yeah, I, that's why I was wondering how you felt when you were going through grief when someone was like, oh, I've gone through the exact same thing as yeah. you. And it's like, oh, that one stings a little. <laughs> I think you shrink your circle, which is a big thing I'm doing these days. Uh, because of a pandemic, you have to. There's yeah. only certain people you're able to be around. And I think what they say helps yeah. and what the masses say, the exact same cancer. You're like, yeah, that's that's not super helpful. <laughs> right. And there was something someone said uh I'm trying to remember, it was like a month ago. And they tried to relate to something I went through. And I again, I had to make them not feel silly when I replied mm -hmm. the real answer. And that was kind of sad. Yeah. Or like when you miscarry, <clears throat> and I know that's not cancer, but you miscarry and then somebody comes up and says, oh, how's the pregnancy going? And then the person who miscarried is like, oh, I'm not pregnant anymore. And then that person is consoling the person because they yeah. feel dumb. And uh, and this is why people shut down. This is why even our viewers and listeners could be like, see, it's just not good to say anything. No, I think <laughs> those who are closest just stand by your side. They spend time with you and they don't expect to have amazing words. Mm -hmm. And you don't ha expect to have amazing words back for the next person yeah. you help. Right. Yeah, I think that's good for the viewers and mm -hmm. listeners. It's good for me to hear too. Just, you know, everyone does have good intentions, but just keeping that in mind when people say something and just knowing that if you want to, you know, empathize or console someone going through something, you don't have to have all the words. No, it's right. really just, I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's an easy way to let people know that you're thinking of them mm -hmm. without trying to come up with something to say. Yes. Um, before we, and I want to ask this question because we're talking about you girls, we're Jesus girls. And it sounds like your sister is a Jesus girl. Um, my dad was a Jesus guy when we walked through cancer last year with him. So it made um, it made the situation not easier, but we were on the same page when it came to like praying together and what we believed. Mm -hmm. What about listeners and viewers whose family members going through going through mm -hmm. crisis and they aren't a Jesus person? How do you talk to them about it? I mean, it doesn't mm -hmm. change what we do. We right. will still pray for the healing and for the strength, but is the conversation with them different? Well, because a lot of times they could be, and I think even if you're a Jesus person, you're, the conversation could be, why would God allow this? Why would a good God yes. do this? And that's really hard. And, and I, if we can remember and if we can help people realize that God doesn't control, like he's all powerful, he's all knowing, he's, he's all of that. He's everywhere to comfort us. The Holy Spirit comforts us. But God doesn't control the things on the earth. Like Satan just has a heyday with things. And I think it's important that for those who are questioning, maybe they do believe in Jesus, but they're like, why would a good God do this? That they real that you help them realize um, that's why God's coming back. He doesn't control everything that's going on. Then on the flip side, somebody who says, um, I don't, this is why I don't believe in God. <clears throat> I think that that part of it is you don't try to preach. I mean, I don't know if you have family members, do you, that they're struggling with Honestly, no. Good, I have. Good. I don't, can't think of anyone who doesn't believe in yeah. my family. Everyone good. believes. So, good. Yeah. That's super helpful. Yep. Because for the one who is not yes. a, a Jesus person already, this only shakes them further. Mm -hmm. And I think don't go into preacher mode. Go into let them know by how we act and the joy and the peace yeah. and the calm. Yeah. Yeah. I would just say that the periods of... Um, 
we talked about prayers before and some of those prayers like not being answered, some being mm -hmm. answered and some not being answered, you, I feel like we've gone through periods of doubt, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. from that. And like not, we're still Jesus people, but we're doubting like, well, how come he answered this prayer, but he didn't answer that prayer. Mm -hmm. And it's in the same, you know, it's just, it's in the same situation, but mm -hmm. different tests and things like that. This might be, a cheery and make us laugh, but remember Bruce Almighty? <laughs> yeah. Yes. And where he said yes to every single thing and yes. it was chaos. Yeah. And and that, that actually has really great meaning and, and it, it made sense. If we yeah. all got our prayers, we'd marry this person because that's who we wanted, but this person's actually the one we were meant to be, but we got our answer to prayer yeah. and then this didn't happen and this was what God meant to happen. And some of the things I went through, Sean and I went through, we don't know why, but now we do. We didn't know why, but now we do. Now we have empathy that we wouldn't have had if life was just easy sailing. Yeah. And so it wasn't even for the moment we went through it. It was for the future. Yeah. yeah. That's so Thank good. You. God never, never allows us to go through something without a reason. We just, sometimes we don't know. And maybe we won't ever know, right? but um, we can just keep trusting that there's a purpose behind mm -hmm. it. So thank you so much for yeah. sharing your sister's for story, for me. sharing your story. Yeah. Uh, we are right along with you praying for healing mm -hmm. and strength. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're so glad that you're able to share this, not just with us, but with mm -hmm. listeners and viewers who are walking similar roads. And even if it's not the road of cancer, I mean, there's crisis happening all around yeah. us. And so uh, to our listeners and viewers, if you have heard something today or you're walking through something and you just need help dealing with it, we do have something for you. It's called Journey to Wholeness. You can go to our website and you can check out a link for more information. Um, and then Pastor Sunny did mention gravity of grief, which is mm -hmm. something that anytime someone comes to us with any kind of grief, because grief can be really anything, mm -hmm. um, we give that to people. So we can, you can get that at the exchange yeah, in De Pere, yeah. um, or just contact us and we would love to make sure that you have that resource. And if you'd like to connect with me directly or maybe you have ideas for other people we can have on the show of Cherry Conversations, I would love to hear from you directly at sunnyhennessy.com. Also, we have a podcast of Cherry Conversations. So by Thursday every week, you'll get to hear Cherry Conversations on podcasts on all platforms. Yeah, so make sure you share that with your friends, someone who needs to hear this, or maybe you just need to hear it again. So thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week at the same time for another Cheery Conversation. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cheery Conversations. You can be a part of the conversation. Leave us a one-minute voicemail at the link found in the show notes and send us your thoughts. You might hear your voice on a future episode. You can also connect with Sunny and her guests by going to sunnyhennessy.com. If this episode helped you in any way, please let us know and then share it with your friends, family, neighbors, and whoever. Word of mouth is the best way for people to find out about this podcast. It would also be really helpful if you leave a rating or a review wherever you're listening. See you next week.